0: And I actually don't believe that I would have gotten the question of being acting CEO if we didn't do this, because when you are in an early group, you're actually not using your full competence. You're basically holding a lot back.
1: Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Follison, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO, and therefore I need to learn from the best, and I want to take you with me on this journey.
0: My name is Anna Goldstrand, and I am acting CEO at Mentimeter, and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Anna! Hey! hey. How are you? Very good today, it's Friday, so that means tacos with the family.
1: Are you also good with Taco (laughs) Friday, inofficial national dish of Sweden? Yes, yes. And uh, let's jump into it, Anna. The first question always what does Mentimeter do?
0: Good question. We're evaluating that every day. No, so Mentimeter is uh, an audience engagement platform. So basically, what we do is that we fundamentally change how people do their presentations, or meetings, or trainings. So uh, instead of the audience being passive, they become more active and, and contribute in the meeting or in the presentation instead. Uh, and what we see uh, when this is happening within an organization at scale, within a company, a business, we actually also help them to transform their company culture. So. The company culture becomes more en- engaging uh, because Mentimeter also helps them to, to increase transparency, psychological safety, qualitative decisions, and, and so on. So um, very, very big making more voices heard in the world and helping companies to create engaging company cultures, but like in a daily, like daily. A lot of leaders is changing their own behavior and becoming much more curious on the audience and starting to bring in input and ask more questions.
1: And this is why I'm so impressed by Mentimeter, because you are changing behaviors. Yes. And I know for a fact what I've been doing before and from VanVid video, that is brutal. That is hard. And you are not just talking, you are doing it.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, a leader, you know, leaders only talk, but but the, the proof is in the pudding. So they need to start to act as more modern leaders. And when they use Mentimeter, they actually are acting and asking questions, taking an input instead and like using the collective intelligence of their group, which is amazing to see.
1: Nice. Thank you, Anna. And then we move on to why Mentimeter? You are acting CEO now. Yeah. How did you end up at Mentimeter and why Mentimeter?
0: So first of all, I'm an early adopter of the product. So already in 2014, I was using uh, Mentimeter when there was only a word uh, cloud, basically. And I was like amazed by then, like, oh my God, I'm doing something with my mobile and it appears on the screen. Uh and secondly, I've been uh, working as a CEO for many years in the web, ag- uh, web agency industry. Uh, and for me, like CEOing ha- has always been about people and culture and creating and, engage- and engaging company culture and to build from that. So I've been, of course, looking at companies that were role modeling uh, this way of, of, of doing business and Mentimeter has been, uh, I would say, a role model for being a values-driven company already from the start and been working very practically with inclusion and diversity, for example. So they were like on my radar from that uh, from that uh, perspective. But maybe most import- importantly, I've been working as a facilitator myself, as a group facilitator, as a coach, leadership coach. And... To just be at a company where the product is actually facilitating meetings, uh, for me, who has been doing that in my whole career, is just like, you know, it's, it's magic. It's like the culture and the product is intertwined. Um, so that is what I, I love the most.
1: I think I think I hope you will like this next question because this is a quite new question because I don't want to be so stiff and if you have a sauce pod of course you need to talk about hard numbers and growth and KPS and we will come there but this yeah. question now is Anna what is a fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about?
0: Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I'm not that fun. <laughs> I don't have that many crazy stuff uh, going on. But uh, like one thing that people do not know is that I I love to write. That's really my like second go-to. If I quit my day job, I will go into writing. So I wrote a, a book on facilitation, which was the HR book of the year in 2020. And I'm super proud. That's like a management book but I also actually wrote three novels. So oh. on my computer, I have three novels, one about Second World War, <laughs> one, one about uh, uh, murder mystery in Bergeslagen, where I have my summer cottage, and one kids' novel about a girl saving the planet. So uh, I have tried to get some publishing house to <laughs> to publish them, but no one is interested.
1: Yeah, but, but now, now when you throw it out there to universe again, may, exactly. maybe... You should never you should never say never so yeah exactly and we turning back the focus to you and mentimeter because there's a lot of things going on for mentimeter big yeah. and fun things this year please tell me what what is some of the highlights this year and
0: oh fun things oh my god I think for us the biggest transition that is happening is the that we see the impact Mentimeter has within companies and within organizations. So basically, we are uh, like very simple. We have two revenue streams, the self-service revenue stream, which is individuals signing up by themselves with credit card. And we have the enterprise revenue stream, which is like when a bigger team, they are on a joint workplace and they need to talk to sales to to get a quote, basically. Uh, And what we have seen now is that we are going up market company engagement is on every like or employee engagement is on every company's strategic agenda. So basically what Mentimeter is doing is now relevant for a lot of companies and is a strategic uh, issue. So um, I would say that's the biggest thing that's like going on that we're like transforming Mentimeter more into like Or an organizational perspective and we also see that because our uh, the split between these revenues are are now changing so enterprise enterprises is is getting bigger and bigger
1: thank you for sharing Anna and we move on now to leadership so uh, first thing about leadership uh, I want to start with the angle what is the worst thing about being a leader
0: yeah so the thing is that when I I, I, the last company where I was the CEO, I was a CEO for five years and I quitted without any specific reason. I was just, I just quit it uh, because I wanted basically to, to change my life and to change industry. Uh, and when I quitted uh, and I told people about it, a lot of people reacted with like, yeah, I understand. It's like, it's tough to be CEO, like all these people things, all this like people stuff, like that they thought that was the reason why I I uh, didn't want to be a CEO but for me that has like never been the tough part of being (laughs) being a leader so so it made me realize that if you focus a lot on on people and engagement and well-being and being very proactive about it you have less problems with people less dysfunctional teams less conflicts less like HR uh, cases and so on so I never had to Work a lot with those kind of things. Uh, so for me, leadership is 99% like positive uh, in that way. Uh, but what I feel though is that it's taxing. Maybe that is the worst thing that you take on. You take on a lot uh, on yourself, and you really need to take care of yourself and understand that you are in a in a position where. It's like emotionally draining, uh, or at least for me, it can be, because you're also carrying every other person's challenges sometimes and sorrows, or just uh, life, basically. I guess that's uh, the worst thing that I sometimes bring that home.
1: Yeah, I can relate to your answer here, and then we should focus now to the positive angle, I think, uh, because you have already tapped into it partly. But if you need to specify one or two things. What do you like the most about being a leader?
0: For me, it's a lot about that it's so fun to come together, like that people come together and solve something. Like you you see a challenge, you see an opportunity and just like seeing people (laughs) solving things uh, and moving forward and learning. For me, that's just uh, what keeps me going. I very much believe like in intrinsic motivations. So, so what I focus a lot on as a, as a leader is is to make sure that people feel like the, pur- the purpose like the purpose of, of mentimeter as a product like making more voices heard in the world. But the meaningfulness of helping a customer, and feeling that they get value when you feel like you're learning new things, when you're learning together, when you're reflecting together, when you're doing a QBR and you realize that, oh my God, we have been taking so many steps and uh, we, we are learning so much, we are improving so much. Like all this, I guess I'm a very, I rely a lot like on positive psychology and that basically creating positive spirals. That, that is like how I view leaders uh, or leadership to be to be a catalyzer for for team success.
1: And would you say that to be a catalyzer for team success and positive creating positive spirits, is that one or two of your superpowers?
0: If you're talking superpowers? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm always I'm always convinced that there is a way forward. Uh, and I really like Problem solving challenges, and uh, learning new things. So I I think one of my superpowers is to also make other people feel the same uh, about something. Um, and um, I think one of my other superpowers is is to listen, like to be to be to build relationships, and really be curious on other people. And not only what they are thinking, but also like their emotions. Uh, and I think that comes from my work as a facilitator that I know that it's important to facilitate emotions because emotions can can hinder us. So basically we're blocking our own success because of, of negative emotions or actually sometimes positive uh, emotions. So I believe that that like my, maybe that's a superpower also that to listen, to to ask open questions, to be very curious on what's going on, and not uh, not judging before asking, just being open. Um, curiosity, I guess, like for on other people, on myself, and on the future.
1: Thank you for sharing. And uh, we move on now to. I have a segment in my podcast where I let uh, the community, external people, uh, I lend my voice to them. Uh, So I have the first question now, it's time for that. And this people actually joked on LinkedIn that this guy, Shane Korea, he could just have one (laughs) podcast show with you and interview you because he, 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 like, he shoots so many questions. That was the craziest thing I ever seen when I asked this publicly. But, but
0: we, we actually have had a lunch already because of that. So it's already taken care <laughs> of good.
1: good. Then he took the opportunity really got good. So, Anna, the, the question I chose to the listeners here is this question from Shane, Korea. Hi, Anna. Um, I'm curious about how you all worked with uh, culture at Mentimeter. How do you keep what made uh, your company great? Uh, The camaraderie, the willingness to drop everything for your colleague, uh, but also gradually scale. When you do this, how do you avoid silos? Potentially you work with appreciation and and respect uh, while you also build more efficiency. Um, These are the things that I'm curious about. Thanks, looking forward to hearing your thoughts.
0: Yes, (laughs) a broad question. (laughs) Okay, so how do we work with culture? So uh, for us, it's important, first of all, to actually decide what you believe in as a company. So for that, we have our core values and like our our fundamental beliefs. Uh, And what we do then, I guess it's answering this question, is that we make sure that all people operations, that we are integrating our core values in all our people operations. So from, from the start in our employer brand, so people really... Understand what type of culture Mentimeter um, is like and can ask themselves the question, would I thrive there? Uh, because we know for, for, for a fact that if my personal values align with the company values, I will actually have much higher engagement and I, I will be much more successful. So it's so important to show what we are what we stand for so people can make that deliberate choice. Uh, second of all, like in the recruitment process, we work with culture interviews, for example, where we also ask questions to try to understand the, the, the motivators uh, of, of, of the person that we have in front of us. And then in onboarding, we, we do the same. We, we have trainings on, on core Values so people really understand them, and then we do follow up, two months follow up, five month follow up. We do team uh, check ins. Uh, We do. We have our mental listening show, which is our all hands meeting that we have every week, one and a half hour with everyone. So it's just like it's this like never ending work uh, basically, Uh, because culture is about behavior. And behavior is about habits and norms. So it's so when you when you manage to establish a norm in a company, then actually we humans we just um, integrate like automatically in the norm because we are so adaptable. So we come in and we we look like this is how things are done here, and then we start basically to do the same. Uh, so that's why it's so important to like do this all the time because then the new people will absorb uh, in a way uh, and I guess that's the the answer to this question that like paying a lot of intention uh, attention and being very intentional about things um, and I think like maybe um, if I can go on like our uh, the way we do our all hands, I think that's a very good manifestation of our culture because, Every week, everyone, we meet for one and a half hour. That's a lot of time. It's like, uh, as Johnny says, our most expensive meeting. Uh, and what we do is that it's not a meeting. It's a, we call it the mental listening show. It's about the audience. It's not about the, the person that is speaking. So uh, we have different people coming in in from the company. Uh, we design the agenda very carefully uh, with different speakers, but also we help the speakers to to uh, to engage the audience so they get also like coaching like how to do this so maybe they want to so last week for example we had a a presentation from product about how we work with product qualified leads and product product qualified ac- accounts and then we make sure that the message comes through in an interactive way and that we really like take input from the from the audience so we have a production team for our uh, all hands so we have a team working with the production of the meeting.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was a follow-on full, question I would have, but you're saying it before I ask you, uh, because when you said like this, then I thought for myself, because I'm working a lot with productions, this needs to have a small team just helping this out.
0: Yes, so it's a production team working both with like, uh, the like the, I, I'm in, so to make sure that we have a good variety of <clears throat> of. Uh, of content, like both from a business perspective, a strategic perspective, maybe a core values perspective, a customer perspective. So we bring in like different kinds of things and also the the diversity of speakers and all that, that is super important.
1: Thank you for sharing, Anna. I hope Shane are happy with this answer because it was a juicy and long question and he got a great answer. Now, just he didn't get it. A lot of people got it too. Sharing is caring. And now it's time for this segment, a topic of your choice. So Anna, I want to hear you talk a few minutes of, about a topic that you are nerdy and passionate about. So what is the topic of Anna's choice today?
0: What I am very nerdy about is how to create a, a, high, a high-performing team. Uh, and I think that's interesting for from, from me from two perspectives because basically Mentimeter is helping companies to create high-performing teams, uh, but also the importance of of being a high-performing team uh, at work. Uh, So I think like I've been working with this for many, many, many years in a very structured way uh, based on research. I think a lot of people talk about high-performing teams uh, and that we need to become high-performing, but not that many uh, people. Put in the effort or knows actually how to do it. Uh, and I've been working within my whole career with a framework that's called Integrated Modular Group Development, which is basically this idea that every group is going through four different stages to become high performing. Uh, and what we have uh, what I started to do at Mentimeter when I started two and a half years ago was to, to apply this on our, our on our groups um, and teams. So basically they do a questionnaire. And with that questionnaire, they, they find out what stage they're in and also what they need to do to move forward, which is the most important part. And the interesting thing here is that you need to do very different things depending on where you are uh, as a group. So it doesn't make sense to have like feedback workshop uh, when you are in stage one, for example. That comes like further along. Uh, it mu- doesn't make sense to to ask a group to let's uh, let's have a workshop and then we will set our our strategy and goals together that doesn't work in the beginning in the beginning you need to be very directive as a leader to create safety so so just like we have been training our leaders in this approach and we have been working with it very intentionally and the 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 best part i think uh, is that we did this with the management team so we started one year ago uh, to work more deliberately with our management team, and then we have been taking a lot of steps uh, depending on the needs of the of the group. And now we are actually a high performing management team, uh, and that shows it's so clear that we have made this journey. And I actually don't believe that I would have gotten the question of being acting acting CEO if we didn't do this, because when you are in a in a early early group, you're actually not using your full full competence. You're basically holding a lot back. Uh, But when our our group was becoming more and more performing, I also started to share more of my, the knowledge I have within other aspects that it's not only people and culture. I started started to be more, to to care more about our product strategy, to care more more about our sale, how we do sales and to like, basically make use of myself more. And if I had not done that, I don't think I would have ever got the question because then I would have been still seen as someone who only knows people and culture and I would have stayed in my corner. So so that's my best recommendation for all management team if to really, to to put effort and do this journey. And when you when you, when you are high-performing, that will impact the whole organization because if VP sales and VP product pro- talks to each other and work together, then actually product and sales will talk to each other and work uh, together. So it's, it's just the impact is immense, basically.
1: And do you have any like article or quick book to recommend so, so people can take one with-
0: Yes, there is one uh, that's called Effective Teams by Susan Whelan. Uh, it's very, very short. Uh, read it. Uh, just adopt your leadership depending on the team stage and then you you will be a, a much higher performing leader.
1: Thank you so much, Anna, for the You're topic welcome. of Anna's choice. And uh, yeah, now it's time to talk KPIs. Yes. We need to talk some hard numbers here. I, I want to actually know now which top three to five KPIs that are most important to you because... When I asked Johnny this in June, he just gave me your North Star metric. So, so yeah, okay. the, only, the only thing the only thing the listeners heard about Mentimeter is your North Star So It is now.
0: Yeah, okay, but we have a, we still have a North Star metric, but we have actually three metrics that are the the long term business goals. Uh, and so, if we take it back, what what do we want to accomplish? We want to make sure we want to change. Uh, companies ways of working so so the leaders becomes like more modern leaders and that they are creating more engagement so and we realized that for that to happen we need to make sure that they use Mentimeter in many different situations every week so like in their company all hands in their mm, daily stand-up in their team meeting in their training and so on so we talk a lot about hab- habitual use uh, usage and, and creating making people understand all uh, possible use cases. So we have two then, so uh, that is measuring this. So monthly active retained leaders, that's uh, like the, the North Star metrics, basically that, People stay in the platform and continue to do mentis for different occasions, uh, and that's not the first weeks when they sign up. That we take away, so we really measure the, the ones who are staying. Uh, and then monthly active presentations, because of course it's important for us. It's it's when they do the presentation that we know that there is value created. So that one is very important. And then we also have an like an ARR uh, goal. And for us, like for us, it's so. Clear that if we if we build something valuable, then people should be willing to pay for it. So it's it's very important. That it has something to do with quality, basically, and that is why we use uh, the ARR goal.
1: And I know that a uh, bird has whispered in my ear that you have a extremely high NRR. Uh, can, can, can we can we quickly can we quickly talk about that and also you growing your ARR? It looks good.
0: It looks good. Yes. So uh, we just um, so this year we have been working more uh, more with segmentation of accounts. So uh, looking at the most strategic accounts and how we should work with them, which is the big companies more than 10,000 employees and that has a lot of licenses or li- license potential. And then we have what we call high potential uh, accounts. And then we have uh, tech touch, which is basically like smaller teams, smaller, medium businesses, but they can self-serve, self-serve a lot of their needs. Uh, and on the strategic account, uh, we had an NRR now of 155%. So basically what we see is that uh, customers start with some licenses, 50, 100, 150 or something like that. Uh, but then when they realize the value of Mentimeter, but also when they get to work with customer success and customer success helps them to understand how they can use a Mentimeter uh, within the organization. Then the next time, when the time's for renewal, one year later, then they uh, they want more licenses, basically. Uh, and uh, right now, the I mean, working with existing customers is more or less more than 80% of our ARR is towards existing customers next year. So it's... It, it is huge, uh, basically. Uh, and, and that is such a, I mean, it's such a, a quality stamp of your business <laughs> that, uh, that the customers will, uh, are staying and also uh, upgrading. And I think that that's, sometimes that's like a bit, that we forget that about the SaaS model a bit, that it's like, I mean, we talk from our perspective, like it's great with SaaS and subscription and the money just coming in, but I, but I guess that the best thing with sales is that we all always need to provide value because if we stop providing value, then uh, the, the customer will uh, will churn. So, so I, I think that that is the perspective that I'm trying to talk more about uh, within the organization.
1: Nice. Do you want to lift something more about one of your favorite KPIs or do you think we should move on to the next step? It's your choice.
0: No, but I think one thing that I think is interesting is that there are so many... I mean, when I entered the SaaS world two and a half years ago... I was like the first week very confused because there are so many abbreviations <laughs> like what is all this yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and now of course I'm getting into it but it's also fun to now understand that there are there are new abbreviations coming all the time so 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 like what what has been very much on our, our agenda within mentimeter has been product led sales so that is something we talk a lot about so uh, which I think is a very interesting concept because it's not only about bottom up and create like creating a demand and then then like that the sales come after the value it's also about thinking about how can the product actually drive sales in itself how can the product inspire how can it educate how can it be a sales person without having a a real sales person there and also how can it be customer success uh, I think that is super interesting. So we, we are working a lot now with, with um, um, to identify like product qualified leads and product qualified accounts. So basically we can get the data from the product uh, when, and then we can use that data either. Sales can use it to contact uh, accounts that obviously has already a lot of value created. Uh, within the organization or we can actually use it to to send in-app messages like do you know that you're 100 people using mentimeter in your organization maybe it's better for you to to go to a a, a joint workplace so i think that concept is super uh interesting and i think it's i mean if we've been talking about product-led growth for many years now it seems like <laughs> product-led sales is the next uh, thing
1: yeah, especially in these times also now going to harder times and you need to yeah. to have sales and uh, yeah, I have a sales background. So I love the term product led sales. That is the that is the magic of two words in my point of view. Yes. <laughs> Anna, it's time for external question number 2. Are you ready? Yes. This is from Tony Hammarlund and this is his question. What does your marketing organization look like and how many works with marketing, communication and growth? And Joseph Thank you for a great podcast.
0: We are 300 people at Mentimeter right now, and we are 30 people in the marketing team, so about 10% then. Uh, And we have uh, five, so basically we we follow the funnel, and we have five teams. So we have one that is working with growth, uh, both paid and organic growth team. Then we have a product marketing team. We have an enterprise marketing team, and then we have a, a brand and design team that is supporting all the teams and then we have also marketing operations that we actually just added. And, and I think that is a, maybe that is a good advice uh, like to add operations uh, when you come to a certain point because we see now, I don't know about the listeners, but we have a lot of sauce tools. <laughs> I've heard someone said that sauce is only this like a pyramid uh, pyramid, spel, pyramid game where investors invest and then the sauce are buying from each other. <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of SaaS tools. So, so I think like r- right now we see a, a big opportunity in, in, in our operations within the whole company to basically make all uh, the data. Uh, yeah, you understand what I mean. We need to improve how we work with data if we put it like that. <laughs>
1: Uh, and uh, th- to close this topic, uh, I just can have. Uh, are you still looking for a CMO, or is that taken? We,
0: yes, we are looking for uh, for a CMO. So please apply if uh, you think this sounds interesting.
1: Shout out to Mentimeter regarding that role. So uh, now we are truly at the roundup, Anna. Yes. A- and the first official roundup question. Always in all my episodes, this is a VAM oriented question. So, because I'm collecting data points to, so I can bring to my sales tool. Uh, for of course. video. And this is, what would you say is the best way to do a code outreach to you? So I want, you, you haven't heard of the company of me uh, and I want to get you to answer, get you to a meeting. What is the best way to do it?
0: Hmm. I do not read sales emails. I do not read sales LinkedIn. Uh, I think the best thing would be either to stalk me when I jump into a cab because when I'm in a cab I, I actually take phone calls so like stalk and then call and then uh, maybe like if I'm at a conference I, I really like to, to to network and meet people so if I'm at a conference or an, or an event just come and talk that's the I think the, the the best thing but but to give you some some credit then I actually if I open a sales email it's usually when there's a link to a video so
1: Hi. hey <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah it's so interesting what you said about when you're open to actually consume and networking at an event you, yeah. you, you need to have your mindset there so yeah all the sales people or selling leaders out there yeah you heard what anna said uh, we we move on to <laughs> which one to two other b2b socios are you inspired by and would like to listen to nordic swedish or globally European,
0: oh, but I, I can pick people who are I, I, at least in in the near area. So I would like to listen to Kahoot's CEO. So his oh. name is Alet, and I'm super impressed with the Kahoot. Uh, they, they are working. they the platform is quite similar to Mentimeter, but they are focusing on the education segment and on like younger kids. While we are focusing on the business segment, but they are they have super. Uh, they have been growing amazingly very interesting journey Uh, and then i'm also very very impressed by personio who entered the nordic market with their hrs uh, tool so hanno renner is his name the ceo of personio
1: yeah Hanno, if you hear this now you have more strong people that want to listen to you i've been chasing him for a a, a little while but eh. thank you anna Uh, two great names and the last question for this episode If you would give yourself, when you were a younger leader, top one to three things to think of, what would that be?
0: First thing, instead of looking at the company, be more obsessed with the person you will report to. Like what kind of values does that that person have? Like how would you try working with that person and to be more like, look more on that. But on the other hand, I also would recommend, to if you're going into a startup world, to also understand the the values of the founders, because the values of the founders will impact both the product and the organization a lot. So, like, if you you believe that you found interesting and inspiring founders that you can align value uh, with the values, then then probably that will be a good place for you. yeah and then I I, uh, also that to all because I work a lot with people in culture to always relate people in culture work to business impact I was not that good at that in the beginning so it became this fluffy let's do these things but no one understood why we were supposed to do it and that actually has to do with money in the end
1: thank you so you who have been listening to us now when we're wrapping up if you like what you heard Please press the subscription button and tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Anna in B2B socios And Anna, a huge thank you for putting aside approximately 30 minutes of your precious time together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning.
0: Thank you so much. This was uh, super inspiring and a great way to end the week.